Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. It's trophy season. It's trophy season? <laughs> it's the start of the Prem season is what it is, Our man. Prem season, Arsenal, Community Shield winners. I know most people don't think it matters, but, well, it matters to me. I don't care. <laughs> it matters to Arsenal. I am barely surviving. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, Watershed is not a beast you want to mess with, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So what are you but drinking here- today to uh, give you the hair of the dog? So the hair of the dog, I'm drinking some Yellowstone Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Nice. Mixed with a little bit of Coke in yeah. our lovely Bruise and Banter mugs. Yes, sir. Well, I hope it cures your hangover blues, my friend. I know it Me takes too. a couple of days for that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Today, I'm drinking multi- multiplayer Guild Collab. So it's a collaboration with Lumberbeard, Humble Abode, and Perry Street Brewing from here in Spokane. Pretty awesome can, not going to lie. Is that like Uh, He-Man on there? (laughs) It's literally He-Man and Gandalf and Robin Hood. It's pretty awesome. I haven't tried it yet. It just came out. So, Oh, let let us know how it is, man. Give it a taste. Give it a taste. (sighs) Well, it's very hoppy. Ooh, your favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's got six different types of hops in it. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It's very hoppy. It's very crisp, though. Like for an IPA, it's very light. Which I can definitely get through this beer now, knowing that. So, All I right. Little, I was a little worried seeing the amount of hops, different types in it. So, Well, yeah. those are our brews, man. Let's get to some banter. All right. right. Yeah. All right. So make sure to check out our social medias. We got Facebook, our Facebook group, our Instagram, our TikTok, our YouTube channel. So you can see that wonderful new intro that we just played uh, live and in person. (laughs) There you Uh, go. Make sure to check out our Redbubble. Help buy some of our merch. Help us keep this going. And also, it's pretty awesome. Not going to lie. Yes, we appreciate your guys' support. Thank you. Yes, and today we have none other than our English Premier League preview and prediction episode, my friend. Also, what we learned from the Community Shield, the battle between Arsenal and Manchester City. So, before we even get into any of that, we got news. Lots news, news, as always. Man, transfers. As always. So we're going to blow through these pretty fast because otherwise we're going to have you guys here for about two and a half hours. So Chelsea made three signings. That's fun in a week. Uh, Leslie Ugachukwu from Wren for 20 mil, 19-year-old. 19-year-old, yeah. Yeah, supposed to be going out on loan here. You got Axel DeSassi, 25-year-old from Monaco. He is a French international center back. 38 million for him to provide cover for the injured Wesley Fofana and uh, emergency buy there. Yeah, I would, I would say so. And for French international 38 mil, not too bad. And then Brighton goalie or backup goalie, Robert Sanchez, 
25 pound, 25 million pound deal. 25 pound, that'd be real cheap for a player. <laughs> uh, to provide kep- competition for Keppa since their backup goalie has left. So just filling up some holes there and uh, building on the young squad they already have. Next up, the inevitable, Lionel Messi. He's now scored seven goals and assisted one in his four games for Inter-Miami, and they've won all their games since he arrived. Uh, <laughs> and he's, fun fact, now joint fourth top goal scorer in the history of Inter-Miami after four games. My surprise face. Yeah. Oh, man. Gonzalo Messi tearing it up in MLS. Gonzalo Higuain is uh, their leading goal scorer of all time, and Messi is projected to pass his total, I believe, by the, his 13th game. I mean, Higuain's goal tally wasn't like 24 or something like it's that. 24, 28, somewhere in there. So, yeah, it's in the by, 20s. By his 13th game, at the, the rate he's going, I'd be the new record goal scorer for a club that was created three years ago. So. <laughs> Uh, earlier this week, and this is pretty much old news now, uh, is announced that Gabriel Jesus will be out three to four weeks with yet another knee injury. Uh, minor, minor surgery was needed. Successful operation supposed to be out the first month of the Premier League. Yeah, we'll see if we see him into September, October. We'll see. Um, they keep playing like they're playing. I think they'll be okay for now. Not long term, though. PSG have signed two new players. Both big names, too. Osman Dembele for 55 mil. And the surprise that came out of virtually nowhere, Goncalo Ramos. a loan with an obligation to buy for 65 mil with 15 mil in add-ons. Good good business? For PSG, yeah. I think if I'm Osman Dembele, I would have stayed at Barcelona. I know we had talked about that previously. Mm. But he wants to go to that rotating circus that is PSG, then. Have fun, bud. <laughs> hopefully he stays injury-free. Yeah, hopefully um, just for his sake and for France. I mean, I'm sure he would love to get back into the national team fold there. Yeah, and then Ramos, that's a good pickup. Very, I think he's yeah. an exciting young young forward. So we'll see what he can do at PSG. Yeah. Speaking of promising young talents, Manchester City have finally signed Joskov Goariol for 90 million euros. About time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like this, this deal's been dragging on for <laughs> better part of a month. <laughs> yeah, Fabrizio Romano jinxes, jinxing his own self because he broke the news, and so they decided not to do it right away. <laughs> Funny. Uh, Christopher Nkuku has uh, picked up an injury in their friendly against Dortmund. Pochettino hopes it's not serious. Uh, said it was something in his knee. He will be out for the opening game of the season, at least is what came out today. Well, I, th- I think he's going to be one of Chelsea's best players. I if he so stays healthy, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm a big man. fan of Nkuku, So he had, he had some injury woes last season, so hopefully he did. gets past that. Newcastle have signed Tino Livermento from Southampton for $35 million plus add-ons, making their, I believe, what, third or fourth signing this summer. Third, fourth, some, yeah, you know, give or take. Them some depth at outside back. Tottenham have signed two more. This time, Mickey Vanderven from Wolfsburg and teenage sensation Alejo Veliz from Rosario Central. Who's All right. Yep. <laughs> we'll see Surpri- how they do. 
Yeah, and surprising news, though. Brighton and Ajax have agreed a fee for Mohamed Kudus. They are waiting for an agreement from the player, but what a coup that would be for the Seagulls. I mean, Arsenal and Chelsea have been linked to getting a world-class talent in Kudus. Brighton getting him. That would be fantastic signing for him. I think they're getting a really good player. I agree with that. Nottingham Forest have signed Arsenal goalkeeper Matt Turner for $7 million plus add-ons. About to sign him, I think. Maybe by the time this episode airs, he'll be signed. According to Fabrizio Romano, as of this episode airing, he's having his medical. So, I don't know. Okay. So, it'll probably happen here in the next few days. You you are, what you said previous, definitely correct. Yeah. Uh, Atalanta have reached, or have replaced Rasmus Hoyland with... Gianluca Scamacca for reported 30 million euros. Kind of got that deal from under Inter's nose. I know Inter were looking at Scamacca. Yeah, they lowballed West Ham. and uh, Atalanta came over 5 million over what they were bidding and closed the deal real fast. Got that Hoyland money, so they spent it. Yep, they spent, well, some of it. Sticking in Italy, Roger Bagnes. Remember promising. I don't like this move, man. I don't either. I knew you wouldn't, so I didn't really write much with it. Uh, Roger Bonia is assigned for Al Ali from uh, Roma. Yeah, yeah, he's. I, fan. I he thought he was like a pretty good million. defender for Roma. Yes. Probably could have gone to a bigger club or stayed in Rome. And he's young too. He's like what twenty five something. Like yeah, that? he's not the old. He's not. You know, he's in his prime. I would say. And going to Saudi Arabia, man, getting that oil money. So can't blame him, I guess. But I guess. Yeah, if it's life-changing money, go for it. So, uh, West Ham have made their first signing of the summer, according to Fabrizio Romano. Edison Alvarez from Ajax for 35 million euros. Uh, they also submitted a sensational double bid for Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay for 60 million. Both have been rejected. We'll see how Alvarez does. I when he's played for Ajax, I've I've liked him, but then he's had a couple performances for Mexico where didn't look the best. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what he can do in the Premier League. That'll yeah, be fun. I know a lot of players. I mean, we saw it with Granite Jaco. We've seen it with, you know, all sorts of Memo Ochoa even where their form for club and their national team don't quite cross over. So we'll see. This was the other. opposite. Memo Ochoa always turns into prime. <laughs> well, it's the same for Granite Jaka too, because for forever he played like crap for Arsenal and was yeah a world beater for the Swiss. So, but it's the opposite for Alvarez. He plays good for club, but mm. right. <laughs> well, well, if you there in a couple games I watched of Mexico. Yeah. What do you think of uh, West Ham going in for Maguire and McTominay? I like it. If I'm being honest, uh, I think it. When it's good for West Ham, it's good for United, and it's good for Harry Maguire. And I would say Scott McTominay rather than sitting on the bench. So, yeah, I think it, it makes sense. I think Man United will want more money than that, than what West yeah. Ham offered. But it gets those players off their books and gives those players also a chance to kind of show what they're made of at West Ham. Yeah, especially Harry Maguire. He needs a jump start. Yes, he does. He does. Um, He was amazing for Leicester City and then... And for England. (laughs) And for Euros, honestly. Still, speaking of players that are really good for nations. Uh, Yeah, that would be a great deal. I I think it would probably take, what, about 80? 
combined for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Spurs have turned down a hundred million bid from Bayern Munich for Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, Apparently Bayern Munich are now in talks, whether to leave the discussions altogether or put in another bid. I hope he stays and he leaves for free. <laughs> I <laughs> hope the same, and I also hope that Tottenham finish worse than last Reedy season. Tottenham, they're holding, man, they just—they're holding a player hostage. Is really they really it. are. I mean, a hundred million, let him go for that. Yeah, I mean that hundred million euros is what eighty million pounds. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the conversion. And, and there was a rumored 20 million euros in add-ons. So you're looking at almost 100 million pounds. And if it's they win the league, go. guess what? They probably will. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Napoli have submitted a bid of 30 million for Gabri Viega. Uh, Celta Vigo have rejected it because his release clause is only 10 million more. So I don't blame them. It's one of the best young talents in all of Europe. He is a fantastic young talent. And last bit of news. Teams are starting to line up to bid for Florian Balogun, the American striker attacking, attracting, not attacking, uh, interest from Inter, Monaco, Crystal Palace, Law, and West Ham all said to be interested. Monaco and Inter are the only ones to have bid for him. And the most recent one from Monaco was $30 Which would probably get rejected. I think Arsenal value him at 50 I think it'll probably take somewhere between 35 and 40. Honestly, maybe get him away. looking at the price of Hoyland, I probably would stick to my guns at 50. And if all these teams are going to go into a bidding war, that's the best option for everybody. Yeah, but you also have to look at the teams going into the into this bidding. I mean, Longs, they're not going to bid no 50 million. They Monaco, no. Sold, maybe I mean, Crystal Palace, West Fana Ham. 40. I, I even doubt Inter Milan would bid 50. Yeah, I don't think Inter will. They'll probably. So you got to look at the teams. The reason Atalanta got that much is because it was Manchester United was the team interested. Yeah. And they needed a striker. So. Okay, Targo. Let's talk about the Community Shield. What did we learn from this game? What I learned is if you win it, it's great momentum going into the Premier League season. If you lose it, you're not too concerned because you figure it's more of a friendly anyway and a game to get fit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the annual curtain raiser for the Premier League. I mean, Manchester United, Manchester City haven't won it in five years, I think, and they've played in it almost every single year. Five out of like six or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I'll be honest with you. I know Pep says that it didn't mean much to him, but I did see him celebrate that goal, and it meant a little bit to him. <laughs> probably because it was also a golasso man oh god we'll get to that in a little bit that was beautiful so let's talk about starting lineups gabriel jesus out arteta wasn't afraid to use Havertz as his number nine even with niketia and baligan available as options i thought that was interesting i'm yeah. honestly i thought was gonna see niketia i thought so too or even trossard I think Trossard deserves a starting spot, if I'm being honest, man. We'll also get to that later. I agree with you. Uh, But I will say Havertz, he looked good up front. So I would say his hold-up play was really well. Yeah. He held that ball up very nice. You know, we can get to the couple of chances he had. Probably should have scored one of them. 
the second but he, one. Definitely. He's getting, I will say he's getting in the right positions, which is good. Yeah. It's very encouraging. I will say. Uh, and then getting to Trossard, Trossard and De Bruyne were on the bench. I thought were very interesting. Apparently De Bruyne is still nursing his hamstring injury from the end of last season. Yeah, he hasn't played in any friendlies. It was like the 60th minute or so they brought him on. Yeah. Gave him a half hour. Yeah. Plus the 20 minutes of (laughs) Right. (laughs) We'll also get to that in a little bit. Uh, Both teams, I would say, very technical in the first half. Kind of seeing which team would really try to take a shot, make a mistake. I mean, there was only seven shots total, and only Kai Havertz had the shots on target, and it was two of them. So, yeah, in that first half, Man City had possession. I would say we're putting the pressure on Arsenal. Uh, but the better chances fell to Arsenal, those couple Havertz chances. Mm-hmm. I know Rodri had a shot that got deflected and went just wide, and then he had a pretty audacious halfway shot that almost got yeah. Ramsdale out. Yeah, uh, that was a scary moment. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was limited. Chelsea, or not Chelsea, Man City had the possession. Arsenal kind of... Had to sit back and defend for a while. And then in the second half, it seems like Arsenal had the possession. But they weren't really troubling Man City when they had possession. There weren't as many you know, shots on target or shots going at uh, Ortega. Yeah. I think and it was Man definitely City was threatening on the counter. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. I think they will all season as they have in the previous seasons. But for Arsenal, I, I think their midfield – I mean, that was a, quite the midfield battle in the second half between – you know, the two new sets of midfielders. I mean, Kovacic didn't look terrible for Manchester City. But I will say Partey and Rice, that looked like a great combo. Let Odegaard have a little bit more freedom in the midfield. It does, but I'm not going to lie. I wasn't convinced by Partey's performance in this game. He gave sloppy passes, got an early yellow card, little stuff like that. I mean, he didn't really play a ton in the preseason, so... Sure. It'd be interesting to see how the Arteta decides. If he continues to doing it, field. then yeah. it might be a concern. <laughs> um, and then we had Cole Palmer come on for Erling Holland, who I'll be honest with you was very disappointing in this game. Saliva shut him down, man. Yeah. How impressive did Saliva look marking Holland? Sorry. That's that, why yeah. <laughs> he looked very good. Uh, and he looks back to his, form he had mid-season which is great to see as an Arsenal fan because holy crap do we miss him uh but Cole Palmer man he impressed me created a couple chances for himself and then the goal oh my gosh what a curl I want to talk about the build-up to this goal though though Phil Foden man turns Thomas Partey like yeah. he wasn't even there it was a beautiful <laughs> turn and run gets a little lucky on a pass and then it Another kind of deflective pass off Tierney follows the Palmer. Kyle Walker makes that outside run. Tierney Cole's doesn't know whether to run or stay with Cole mm-hmm. and opens up enough space for him to get on that left foot and curl it. Right in the top corner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that cut back he had sent Tierney straight to the floor. <laughs> straight. Well, I mean, to Tierney, the- poor Tierney, he didn't know whether I to know. go with a runner or stay I with know. Palmer. If it was me, I would have ended up doing the splits. So I understand. <laughs> and I probably would have been out with a pulled groin after that. But Cole Palmer. Split right down the middle. Right. Cole Palmer, big season for him. 
It could be. I mean, with Mares leaving, this could be his opportunity to get some more playing time. I mean, we saw what happened with Rico Lewis last year. Could be Cole Palmer's time to shine. And it could you, be. That is anything to go by what we saw in the community shield. I think he'll be a okay. <laughs> he did. He looked real good. Yeah. Uh, Foden had a glorious chance to double the lead. Uh, after a heavy touch by Ben White, who also didn't look convincing in this game, I will say. Uh, should have scored, but what a save by Aaron Ramsdale. It was a really good save, and then Ramsdale had another one immediately yeah. off a corner. Point blank right after that on the corner. A header yeah. from Rodri, yeah. Woo. Yeah. And then um, extra time. So that's what eight, I mean, though. In that supposed to be eight in, minutes. In that uh, second half, it, Arsenal had the possession, but... City looks more had dangerous the chances. Than yeah. <laughs> so the goal flip, had the chances. Flip flop. And then uh 101st minute. So yeah, all this stoppage time. So I think there was eight minutes of stoppage time. They're gonna Originally. start doing it like the World yeah. Cup because mm-hmm. of whatever study they saw that oh only what is it, fifty two percent, some odd percent of the ball was actually in play. And yeah, so they added average, all that stoppage time. Average in the Premier League last year was fifty five minutes. 55 minutes, that's what it was. So, yeah, I mean, so they added a lot of stoppage time, man. Yeah. And then there was a head injury between, I can't remember, it was Partey Partey and and Walker. Is that who it was? Yeah. So they they stopped for for that injury for a while. So then it added more Mm -hmm. time on, another like three minutes. And then in the third minute of those three minutes, Leandro Trossard scores off a crazy deflection off of a kanji. Oh, poor... Akanji just kind of stood there, hits off almost his and poor, ass. And... Poor Ortega, too. He's sitting on the ground, just like throws his arms it up was in the air slow... like shit. <laughs> I was watching it with my wife. She's like, why didn't anyone go for it? It was rolling so slow. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, man. I agree, though. Like It was so, everyone's just like, ah, oh, god damn it. It was, like time stopped. Just yeah. everyone watching that ball. But I'll be yeah. honest with you, Leandro Trossard, in my opinion, was the most dangerous player for Arsenal. This he made a difference, game. yeah, when he came on. Is it a, like, I personally, I'm going to say it now, I think he might trump Martinelli for that left wing spot. Either that or honestly, uh, I know the commentator said it during the game, but having him and Havertz switch between yeah, that midfield a, and a pivot. maybe a false nine mm-hmm. role. Yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, how many pivots is Arteta going to put on a field? So we'll see. Hey, Bet. But yeah, what did you think of the new extra time system? I know a lot of players have complained about it. Pep complained like about it. it. There's a total of 16 minutes in this game. Of course, you're gonna you're not gonna like it when your team gets scored on in the last minute. But I mean, as a fan, I mean, especially like watching Newcastle play Arsenal the last couple of seasons, where they're just wasting every second of time. I like it. I love. I it. liked it at the World Cup. I love it. It's awesome. Like you're not gonna be able to see teams waste time out of bounds. They have to waste it on the field. I know there was talks about it causing issues. Um, for example, like train scheduling and those kinds of things for yeah. after the games, because it's going to add another honestly probably half hour to a game now. Yeah, could be. So it makes those timing logistics a little bit more difficult, I think, in the infrastructure of some of these areas. Yeah, and I know I know a lot of players. But that's not complained. my problem. <laughs> a lot of players I'm watching are it on my couch. At, right. Watching it on TV in my couch. Yeah. So. I just roll over and that's it. <laughs> 
Maybe I don't get to go back to sleep at 4.30. <laughs> right, before. if I wake up late, I have more game to watch now. <laughs> uh, but I will say a lot of players are complaining about it because, I mean, it's, you think of them long term, and they're going to have to play an extra 20, 30 minutes a game. Now you're thinking, okay, well, if you have a midweek game and you just played 120 minutes. That's up to the coach to rotate, man. Have yeah. squad depth. Yeah, and pivot. Um, yeah, so we go into penalty kicks. Arsenal flawless. De Bruyne, unlucky. Rodri, awful Scuffed penalty. It. Oh, man, that was a terrible penalty. And then Fabio Vieira with a worldie of a penalty to win it. Oh, man, I was I was <laughs> nervous, too, for him. I was like, this poor guy. He steps up so calmly and puts it literally where no goalie in the world can save it. Oh, there could, yeah, not it at all. so perfect. Top, top corner where De Bruyne tried to put his, but hit the underside of the bar. Yeah, and that was just unlucky. So my question for you, saying how De Bruyne hasn't really played much of the preseason and didn't really play a lot of this game, we could see the difference once he came in, is really how will City fare this season if De Bruyne is out for a lengthy period of time with a nagging hamstring injury? Not well. Yeah, especially losing Gunavan and Mares. It's going to fall into Julian Alvarez, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish. Phil Foden. Yeah, Foden. Then Holland, yeah. he, rel- he kind of, it seems like with this man in City team, man, he relies on their service. Yeah, and I mean, you look at how many assists De Bruyne had to Holland last season. That's their one-two punch. If they don't have one of them, they're not as dangerous. I mean, it's still Holland, it's still De Bruyne, but not as dangerous. We saw early last season how Holland was struggling to score goals without the service struggling with his 36 goals <laughs> yes struggling anyways arsenal won one one on pks you picked arsenal two to one and i picked man city on pks so i feel so like we got we it right each, between the two of us yeah, yeah i picked a draw <laughs> anyways PKs and i just picked PKs. arsenal to win it so you know we're both right but we're both wrong i would say ultimately, i'm more right since arsenal ultimately won. you're right yes i was getting to that so with that said that's the curtain raiser for the premier league let's get into our english premier league preview and we're going to start with our storylines and players to watch targo you want to go first or you want me to start this go ahead man tell me your your storylines to watch all right i got a bunch but i'm going to start with how will vincent company's burnley fare this season i mean they ran away with the championship last season can they keep up that form and improve on that? I mean, they have a boatload of signings. I mean, not really anyone of note that would stick out to you on a piece of paper. Um, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven signings so far. And Nathan Redmond is really the only one you probably recognize. You want my short answer version of your question? Let's go with short answers. I think they'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, last season, the only big team in the Premier League they played was Manchester City in, the, I believe, the FA Cup, and they got walked. It was like 7-1. to one. Uh, But I feel like the bottom half of the table, they can cause a lot of problems. They can. I think, yeah. yep, I think you're right right there. Okay. Next up, and this is probably 
the most obvious storyline of the entire season is how do Chelsea's signings mesh together? Can Pochettino work his magic and make this team actually mesh and do what was promised that they were going to do last season, but they obviously didn't. How can they har- how can he harness some of that young raw yes. talent? And there's a lot of it. There is a lot. So the potential is is huge for sure for Chelsea. Because, I mean, I, I don't think it can get any worse than last season, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, it can, but I don't think it will. <laughs> it can, but if you're Chelsea, it shouldn't. No, definitely not. Especially after seeing them in preseason. They did impress me quite a bit, especially going forward. Yes. So, uh, which leads me to, I mean, I, let me back up a little bit. They, I mean, they've signed quite a few players, right? A lot of them won't you won't see play this season because they're young and they're going out on loan. But I mean, players that are coming in that might play. You got Axel DeSassi, you got Nico Jackson, Christopher Mkuku, Robert Sanchez. They're all going to add quite a bit of extra quality to the squad. But honestly, for me, it's the players who have. Well, I guess that Chelsea signed before this summer that are coming back to play for them actually, and Malo Gusto, Levi Colwell. I think Levi Cole might be that linchpin in that defense that really can help them, I, I guess, essentially be as good as they were defensively last year because they only allowed, what, 35 goals last season? Oh, you're they pushing only my memory, like man. 36. <laughs> I, it was, yeah, they had issue scoring last yeah. year. Which brings me to my other player to watch who was very impressive this preseason, which is Nico Jackson. He did look impressive in preseason. I think he's yeah, going in the to US. tear up the Premier League this season. I, really I think do. you might be right, man. Yeah. And then my last point with Chelsea, will Todd Bowley be patient enough with Pochettino and all his new players? Ooh, that's Obviously, they're going to start slow. This project's going to take several years to hit its peak. But if they do stick with Pochettino, I think this team is going to be a force in two to three years. I mean, that's I think scary. If- if they're eleventh again, then no, I don't think he sticks with Podge. <laughs> but if they get, you know, maybe top six, I would say yeah. he does. Yeah, I mean, with their signings and the players they've sold, they've got a fantastic value for money this summer. So, they'll at least be complying with financial fair play for the most part, so they don't have to worry about those sanctions. All right, Targo, I've had enough talking. You go for a couple. <laughs> okay. So the one I'm curious about, the one team, is Brighton. So last year they were fantastic, played some lovely football under Deserby. You know, they did lose some players, McAllister, Levi Colwell. Um, does Moises Caicedo stay? You know, I don't know. Chelsea are definitely swarming for him. And then the signings they brought in, so they brought in James Milner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's up there, 37. I do think João Pedro from Watford looks like a good signing. Yes, I agree. Uh, Mahamud Dahoud from Dortmund, 27-year-old. I think that might be a very underrated signing as well, especially for a free. He did not impress me the most at Dortmund, so I, I'm, 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 jury's out on him still for me. Okay. So okay. we'll see what he does in the Prem. Um, and they brought in Igor from Fiorentina, 25-year-old. Center back, yeah. So a couple names there that obviously are recognizable. We'll see how they do, though, man. They're facing... A lot more competition, I think. You know, everyone's saying Liverpool and Chelsea will be better. We don't know that for sure, but we're 
kind of assuming that they should be yeah they should be yeah but now they got european competition to attend with they lost their goalkeeper sanchez their backup who was their starter at the beginning of last season and so i'm i'm curious to see how they do i think they'll do okay but i wouldn't expect them to be up to the levels they were last year yeah, I think their squad will be stretched a little thin, especially with the amount of players they seem to be losing and not directly replacing right away. Yes. And the qu- ultimate question mark, as you know, is over Moises Caicedo. Will if he they lose him, that's a day? huge, huge loss. Huge loss. And I think that they will probably slide, with the loss of him, will slide down a couple places in the Premier League table by the end of the season. Just by that. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. And then another kind of storyline to keep an eye on is obviously this Manchester City team, man. Going for four in a row, never been done. Won the treble last year. Can they do it again? You know, they've lost some important players in Ilkay Gundogan and Riyad Mahrez. They've picked up Mateo Kovacic, Josko Gavardiol. So we'll see, you know, what, what they can do. I mean, Gundogan scored some important goals. Mahrez scored oh, some God. very important goals as well. Yeah, they did. Who's going to replace them? <laughs> Who's going to replace those goals? I mean, Cole Palmer does look like a player, and I think he can score some goals. But it's it's a question mark. Yeah, huge question mark. Because, I mean, Riyad Mahrez, man, he was an automatic 15 goals a season guy. I mean, he scored a hat trick in the FA Cup semifinal. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that, that's 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 one to watch. This this Man City team. I'm I'm curious to see how they do. You know, will they kind of lose a little bit of their step after a treble winning season? You know, is that motivation quite there as much? You know, I know Pep de- demands perfection, so if his players aren't playing up to it. He he's not afraid to ship them off, as we saw with Jao Cancelo last year. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing they haven't accomplished is the domestic treble. So they still have that on the cards. I will say, though, and I'll have a question for you. And it All right. is, which player will they miss most? Ilkay Gunavan or Rian Mahrez? Gunavan. Yeah, I agree. Not only just the goals he scored, but just the type of player he was, his leadership role. I mean, he was a captain on that team. You know, the in-locker room presence that's hard to replace yeah very much so but what are two more of yours that you got i'm gonna go off of yours actually okay and it's the team that lost steam but ultimately lost out to manchester city and is can arsenal repeat their form from last season and go one step better and win the premier league the pressure's on them man they spent a lot of money it is i mean they and they're they're spending more. It's not they're not done yet, according to Fabrizio Romano. Uh, David Raya is imminent, so I don't know what that price tag is. I know their first bid was twenty mil. Bre- uh, Brentford want forty. That's a lot. They're already over two hundred million. So yeah, their signings. I mean, Jurian Timber looks like a world beater. I'm very impressed by him. He looks like a strong, athletic, just fantastic defender, man. And he was he, in the Premier Shield. He was playing left back. He was. He was, he was right playing back. left back. Uh, I just, for me, also is is Kieran Tierney even gonna get a shout this season? Because if Timber's playing left back, you got Zinchenko, Ben White, Tomiyasu. 
I feel for the guy. Anyways. And to also go off of that, uh, Liverpool. Can they return to the form they had two years ago, or is it going to be more of the same from last season? I mean, they've had an interesting transfer window. They got two magnificent players in, in McAllister and Sabotzlai, but they and potentially Romeo Lavia. But they also lost Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Naby Keita, James Milner, and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, all midfielders. So I think they lost what hurts the most. It's not necessarily the players, but it's the leadership of Jordan Henderson and James Milner. The professionalism that those guys showed in that locker room, I think is what they'll miss the most. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, what do you think? Can Arsenal repeat their form from last season? I'll get into that. Okay. When we look at our Premier League table yeah, predictions. I'll dive more into that as well. Yeah. And I think we all expect Liverpool to be much better this season. I will say, though, um, last year they beat Man City in the Community Shield, and they played them essentially off the park. But that did not look well for the rest of the season. So I think they had one really good game after that where they beat Manchester City at home at Anfield. But that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we're not putting that uh, omen out there onto Arsenal right now. Knock on some wood right now. Um, all right. Will Erling Holland break his own record? No. That is the main storyline for me. And I honestly, his preseason was okay. Uh, two goals and an assist. All in the same game. He looked poor in the community shield, but Pep Guardiola says he's more fit and looks better than he did at the end of last season, which, if that's the case, is terrifying. What I've seen, different story. So, ultimately, is he going to break his own record? I, I'm about 50-50 right now. But I'll it's a storyline to watch. I think it's, it is something to watch for sure. I, I, I think he scores definitely 20-plus goals. Okay. But Over I don't under think 40? It'll be under 40, yeah. <laughs> I I think, you know. I, okay. I think he'll score more than 30. Okay. He'll be close to his record, but I, I'm i leaning towards I don't think he'll break it. That's, that's, yeah, that's how I feel as well. Okay. How about you? All right. So, Luton Town, man. Are they destined to be bottom of the table? Come the end of the season, you know, the, I mean, not really any signings of some people that you would know. Thomas Kaminsky from Blackburn, Ryan Giles from Wolves, Isa Kobore from Man City on loan, Marvelous Nakamba from Aston Villa, Tenneth Chong from Birmingham, Mads Anderson from uh, who's Barnsley. Yeah, so nobody of note. <laughs> nobody of note. Um, can't even play in their stadium yet. No. Um, they currently have the smallest stadium in the Premier League at 10,356. Um, they are hoping to boost that. Get it up over 11,000 is what the owners are saying, so that Bournemouth stays the smallest stadium. But they can't. they can't play any games there, man. Uh, They have to build like a whole new broadcast and media uh, area for cameras so people can watch the games that can be shown. And who knows if that'll be good broadcast quality, but they just have to be able to. Yeah, and so I think home games are going to be very, very important for this Luton Town season. I agree. And, you know, their first home game, 
is against also newly promoted Burnley. It's going to be a huge game. So, what do you do? You think that they're going to be able to pull it off at home enough to be able to stay up? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I don't think they'll get relegated. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why as I talk about other teams when I go okay. through the table. And so, and so, little sneak preview, no, I don't think they'll go down. But I know a lot of the odds makers are definitely pushing for them to go down. But we'll see. We'll see. And then uh, something else I, I kind of want to keep an eye on is Everton, man. Everton have been in a free-for-all slide the past couple years, barely escaping with Frank Lampard, barely escaping with Sean Dyche. I guess not barely so much with Sean. I, like, yeah, it was. I lie. <laughs> they were already that far behind everybody else. I mean, you barely. and I last year picked him to go down partway through the season. That was before Sean Dyche was hired, for our credit. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm curious, man, like, Sean Dyche has now, you know, he's had a transfer window. They haven't, I would say, done a whole lot. They got Ashley Young for free from Villa, Arnett Danjuma on loan from Villarreal. And then they got 28 mil for selling Moise Keane to Juve. I think they're in talks to sign a striker from Sporting that I've never heard of, even though we watched Sporting last year, so. I think a lot of it's going to depend on Calvert-Lewin. They definitely do play a lot better when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think it's going to be Sean Dyche, how he does. Um, last year, they had uh, 36 points total. 21 of those were from Sean Dyche, who took over on January 30th. So, I mean, yeah. that, that that says something, I think, that they were getting more points under him. And so... I don't expect them to be fantastic by any means. No, no. I mean, but, they're going to be the same Sean Dyche team that every Sean Dyche team is. But yeah, and so that's why I'm curious. Will they be that Sean Dyche team or will they finally get dragged on down? <laughs> so that's what I want to keep an eye on. We'll see. And as I see your last one, um, I'll have you go through that before I go through my last one. So. Okay, so my last one, this other team I want to look at is Spurs. And I specifically, the new coach, Ange Postacoglu, how will he do? I thought he played pretty good football at Celtic. You know, he's played very entertaining football for the teams he's managed. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in a couple signings. James Madison from Leicester, Mickey Vanderven from Wolfsburg, Alejo Velas from Rosario Salisfield, Guglielmo Vicario from Empoli, um, and then they made permanent Pedro Porro and Kulisevsky. And they brought in Manor Solomon from Shakhtar. Uh, only sales Harry Winks to Leicester, so they've kept a majority of their squad. I think a lot of it will depend on if they can keep Harry Kane. If he stays, I think they'll actually do better than if he were to leave. I mean, that's well, yeah. kind of obvious. He's a world-class player, so <laughs> duh. <laughs> He's essentially been their entire team the last couple of seasons. So. But, like, does he get a chance? If things start going a little south, does he get a chance to prove himself, you know? Is he going to be a one-year and, oh, you finished eighth, we're, we'll move on? Or can he get them into Champions League? That's I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely something to watch. It right? is. Especially the free fall they were in towards the end of last season. They were, yeah, they did not look good. And, you know, he's going to have to definitely change that Antonio Conte 
style of play. Yeah, and seeing what Postacoglu's done, you know, even for Australia, being their national team coach, they were definitely a lot more attacking, more free-flowing. <clears throat> so I can only assume that Tottenham will get back to the ways that they – the same way they played under Pochettino. Which leads me into my last point, and is will there be another team like Brighton or Aston Villa that shake up the table? I mean, the possibilities, you got Chelsea – Fulham gave a run at it last season. Brentford gave a run at it. Are you saying Chelsea might make a run? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? To shake up the table. Shake I don't think Chelsea table. being top four is shaking up the table, but compared to last year, I would say last year, yes, but that. <laughs> and then not you got many other years. You got Tottenham, who last year were awful as well. Uh, West Ham have the potential. I don't think they will. Burnley, could they surprise some teams? Crystal Palace, they have, you know, the skill set there. Will Roy Hodgson perform more miracles? And can Aston Villa repeat last year's performances under Unai Emery and even go higher? Because their signings are very impressive, and it doesn't look like they're done yet. I mean, they've signed Musa Diaby, Yuri Tielemans, and Pau Torres. And just in those three, you would expect them to play on a much more world-class team. No offense to Aston Villa. Emery's turning them into a world-class team, man. Yes, he is. So that is the storyline to watch for me is, you know, besides the top five last season, who's going to be the new team that's going to start surprising everybody? So is Newcastle no longer part of that surprise, or do we expect them? Top five. So, yeah, I, I expect them to continue the same type of form well can they do that with the champions league also i know so those are our storylines to watch so let's get into some bold predictions some bold predictions let me have it well i'll start with the one i kind of already mentioned luton are gonna survive man i think they'll survive I think their home form home form will be crucial and that's where they'll pick up most of their points. But I think once they start playing in that, was it Kent Kenilworth, Kenilworth, Ken, whatever Kenworth road. Yeah. Whatever. Once they start playing there, man, it's, it's going to be tough. And I think especially a lot of those bottom teams, they'll pick up points. I agree with them picking up points against bottom teams, but that is a very bold prediction compared to what everybody else is saying. It is bold. I had, I had to go pick one real bold yeah, one. You did. All right. My first bold one. Well, I just mentioned it. Aston Villa will be a force next season, and I think they will finish above Manchester United. Above Manchester United. That is bold. Yep. Their signings have been a statement. Unai Emery has made this team so much better. Everybody is playing much better than what they were under Steven Gerrard. That's for sure. But and this is the manager that Arsenal thought they were hiring, but <laughs> didn't quite get. And then also on the other side of that coin, I don't think Rashmus Hoyland will be the answer for United striker problems. Their defense, if Veron or Martinez gets injured, I think we're going to see a lot of the same that we saw last season with them leaking goals and their inconsistent wingers and Sancho and Anthony. We'll let them down, and Mason Mount will struggle to find the form that he's had the last two years, or two years ago for Chelsea. Not last year, that's for sure. I think he'll play more like he did last year. Okay. 
So, all right, one of my bull predictions. Kai Havertz is going to score 15 goals in the Premier League alone. Washington preseason, he's already bagged a couple. Don't pay attention to that MLS All-Stars Challenge. (laughs) I just don't think he cares. No one gives a shit about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's almost similar to a Darwin Nunez situation where he's finding himself in good positions. It's just he needs to start finishing. And I think he can do that, hopefully under Arteta. And he can bag some goals. I mean, if you look at his best goal tally, it was in the 18-19 season for Leverkusen where he scored 17. So I'm not asking him to get 20. I'll I'll stick 15. I feel like 20 would be too bold of a prediction. Seeing how Martin Odegaard got 15 last season, and that was considered one of the best seasons by an Arsenal midfielder ever. Uh I do think Odegaard's going to be playing a little bit different position, though, this year. I think so, too. And so that's, I think that honestly plays into Havertz maybe a little bit more, especially with the Jesus injuries, and we're seeing him be in that front line. But his best season at Chelsea was eight in the Prem. It was eight, uh, I'm not including Europe, just eight in the Premier League, and that was in the 21-22 season. Wasn't that also the season he scored in the Champions League final? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't count that goal. No. <laughs> just like I said, just in the prim. But, you know, he's got a nice touch about him. We saw his hold up play was fantastic. He's getting into good positions. Let's see if he can start finishing. Yeah. We'll and if see. he does, then my prediction will be looking pretty good, I think. If if Arteta can do what he's done to pretty much every player that's played under him, I think Kai Havertz will return to his form that he had at Bayer Leverkusen, which will lead me into mine. Uh, Arsenal will be much better than last season. That's going to be tough. Except City for the will end. drop off because of what you said earlier, their loss of leadership in the locker room, especially Ilkay Gunnabin. And I think they're going to miss the goals of Riyad Mahrez more than anything. Kai Havertz will take a month to fit into the system, but after that he will be considered one of the best signings of the season. So if your prediction is correct, that one also will. <laughs> but the midfield of Declan Rice, Martin Odegaard, and Thomas Partey will work wonders against attacking teams, and the pivot of Havertz and Trossard will work amazing against defensive teams. So I think Arteta's got enough weapons at his disposal to really change the way the Arsenal attack and give him a lot more options. And then, last but not least, Jurian Timber will be the signing of the season. You think so, huh? I think so. I, I don't know if I can you argue this squad that right to now. The next level. With I think Nkunku, if he stays healthy, could also be up there. I, I think so too, but Jurian Timber will be up there with the signings of the season. I think. Okay. Well, speaking of Nkunku and the team he plays for, Chelsea, <laughs> I'm going Chelsea finish top four and make Champions League football. Ooh, that is bold, my friend. Nico Jackson looks like one heck of a signing as well. And Kunku, we know, is a fantastic player. We'll see if Mudrik can start firing. Yeah. And don't forget, they have this you know, guy named Raheem Sterling who Everybody knows how to score to a goal or two. And an okay midfielder named Enzo Fernandez. I think He's if okay. they can get one more good midfielder, you know, Moises Caicedo, someone to play in that spine of that team. I think they'll be looking good. Yeah. I'm going to play off of that. 
because you say Chelsea are going to be top four. Who's dropping out? Well, I say it's Newcastle. They're going to drop off from last season, ultimately barely finishing in the Europa League places. They only have three signings, Sandro Tonali, Harvey Barnes, and uh, was it Livermino, Livermento? Yeah. Uh, they need more depth at outside back and on the, well, I guess mostly on the right wing, but also up front. Uh, and I think they remind me a lot of Arsenal from last season where they have all this talent in their starting lineup, but their bench looks very weak. And with Champions League football, I think they're going to end up by the end of the season getting worn out and drop off. And they also have the toughest four or five game stretch, four game stretch in the Premier League to open up. They play Aston Villa at home. They go to the Etihad and play Manchester City, play Liverpool at home, and then go to the Amex and play Brighton. And their fifth game is against Brentford at Brentford. And so kind of to piggyback off that, I guess, as you look at last season, man, and they had a lot of players had the best seasons of their lives. Mm -hmm. Callum Wilson, Kieran Trippier, Sven Botman, Nick Pope. These players had the best season. Can we expect that from them again? I don't know if you can. You know, I think for some of those players, yes. But I don't think all of them. Yeah, I agree. I think Callum Wilson might be the one that falls off a little I think bit. he could have a Joe fall Linton off too. as well. I, I don't I think see. Joe Linton. So would, I think what Joe Linton does necessarily doesn't require him to perform at a high level. Because for him, man, it's just energy. The guy just runs. That's his stay in the team as he hustles he gets back on defense and i think that's what keeps him in there honestly his work ethic i yeah it makes sense i i think that they're i mean they're built to be so defensive especially after signing sandro tonali you got bruno gimaraish right next to him They're, they're both more defensive midfielders than attacking so you're looking at six players holding back i think bruno starts to push up i think so too eventually or ultimately, but I still think they're going to drop off towards, especially towards the latter half of the season. Okay. So my last bold prediction is the manager, I think, will get the can first. I am going, David Moyes will get sacked first. That's not that bold. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But that's only if Julian Luptigi doesn't walk away first from the mess ah, that is Wolverhampton that is right now. One, that he will walk away instead of get fired. I think he could. I think he could. Wolverhampton are in a mess right now. They're having financial issues. They have not signed anybody. And they've sold Ruben Neves, who's their best Raul player. Raul Jimenez. And yeah, just the board too. is not giving him what they promised him. And so I think he could walk away. Okay. But David Moyes, let me chat about him man they lost their best player they just lost Kamaka I don't think they've really brought in anybody have they Edison Alvarez Uh, that's That's right they brought him in that's it I I think he could be a good signing but again you're bringing a young he's no Declan Rice Mexican defender (laughs) into the Premier League who's been playing in Eredivisie could struggle not saying he will but potential's there Mm hmm and just the way they performed last season playing in Europe, they're in Europe again this season where I think they can also struggle. 
And I think it was honestly his performances in Europe that kept him his job potentially because they were hovering above that relegation zone for a while, man. And I think it could be something similar and he gets the boot. Okay. I thought you were going to say Postacoglu or Pochettino, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> Threw me for a loop there. All right. My last one It's really not that bold, but the second half of it will be. So Brighton will be as good, if not better than last year. And the second half is, especially if they sell Moises Caicedo. Because their transfer system just unearths gems. Their recruiting, yeah. Their recruiting is so good. They've got great value for money in all their transfers except for Alexis McAllister. And that was a clause in his contract, apparently. So I won't hold it over their heads. And Deserby is one of the best managers in the Premier League. And he will prove it next season. Yeah, this will be his first full season. Yeah. Final point with Brighton. I think if Evan Ferguson is healthy the whole season, we'll be in the top five goal scorers in the Premier League. Kid looks fantastic, that's for sure. Yeah. 100%. So, Brighton. I'm running with them again. (laughs) Well, they were fun to watch last year, that's for sure. Okay. So... Brings us to the moment you've all been waiting for, our ultimate Premier League predictions. Now, I will tell you, neither one of us know what each other picked, unless Targo peaked at mine. I have not looked at yours, no. Well, neither one of us know what we're about to say. So this is going to be real raw reactions. Do you want to start from the bottom and go up together? Yes. Okay. Give me a second. I got to scroll down about 10 pages because I had to hide it. Or okay. do you just want to do your table and then I'll do mine? You want to just go 20th and each say 20th? No, you uh, you give okay. me your whole table and then I'll give you me my first? whole table. <sighs> yeah. Okay, here we go. 20th, Luton Town. No surprise. Luton. Number 19, smallest stadium in the Premier League, hopefully. <laughs> Bournemouth. Number 18, I'm sorry, Sheffield United. I just don't think you're going to stay up especially because you sold your striker and you're about to sell your best midfielder. Kind of a big deal. Nottingham Forest in 17th. Sorry, Matt Turner. Everton in 16th. West Ham in 15th, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Fulham in 14th. Crystal Palace in 13th. Really? Hmm. Why? Wolves at 12th. Why Wolves with the mess they've had of this summer? You think Wolves will finish that high? I think, I always forget how to pronounce his name, their coach. Luke Tiggy, Luke Tiggy, Tiggy yeah. whatever it is. Whatever it is. I just think he's that good of a coach. Oh, he's I, a fantastic coach, yeah. but if he leaves. I mean, Raul Jimenez wasn't really playing. I hope he stays. This is all predicated on him staying, so I hope you're wrong. What about your Spurs position when we get to it? Uh, Is that based on Harry Kane staying or leaving? Or Uh, both? both. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe higher if Harry Kane stays, but I'm kind of hoping that they let him out of jail. Crystal Palace 13th, you asked why. I just think without the leadership of Wolford Zaha, 
They don't really have nope. much leadership in that locker room. I disagree with you, man. If Richie Eze is about to go off this he season, is. you he saw is. what he was doing at the end of but last game under Roy Hodgson, man. Also oh, about no. to lose Michael Olise. Not they hasn't left yet. Not yet. This is also predicated off them losing them losing him. So, okay, eleventh, Burnley. Really that high? Yeah, they're gonna pull foam. I think. All right, number 10, Tottenham Hotspur. I think they'll do worse than last season. 10th, oof. Yep. Not a Not fan be- of Postacoglu, then, I huh? am a fan of Postacoglu. He might be, he might be gone by the end of the season, it's huh? It's more of, I think, According the defense you? is that bad. They haven't really replaced Hugo Lloris. He's still there. He'll probably still play a little bit. That Gugliamo. <laughs> yeah. Picardio yep. or whatever his name is. Brentford. About what they finished last year. About what they finished last year. In eighth, Brighton. So you think Brighton will actually do worse then? Not because they're doing worse, but because every team above them will do that much better. Well, then how come you said, what was it? Their uh... their points total will be the same. But you said Brighton will be just as good, if not better, than yeah. last year. Uh-huh. I also so it doesn't, think, that doesn't show that in your table. I think the teams above them got that much better. <laughs> Yes. That doesn't show it in their table, though. <laughs> By your bold prediction, you got to put them up higher in your table. <laughs> Contradicting yourself there, bud. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. All right. Seventh, Manchester United. Man United in seventh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Whatever you're smoking over there, man, I want. <laughs> All right, sixth place, Newcastle. All right, we'll fall off from Champions League football. Yes, I think so. Liverpool to finish in the same position they finished last year, fifth place. Okay. Aston Villa to finish fourth. Calling it now. I don't think so, man, but I think they'll do good finishing a European spot, but I don't think. Champions well, League European we'll spot. We'll see how wrong I am by the end of the season. I want okay. to go as bold as possible because I have Chelsea in third place. Well, I said they finished top four, so I'm not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> in second place, Manchester City. Oh. First thanks. place, Arsenal. First place, Arsenal. All right. Well, we got to, I'll admit, we actually have a couple of the same ones. Okay. I didn't think we'd have any. No, there's yeah. there's a couple. There's a couple. All right. <laughs> Not Man United at seventh or Villa at fourth. <laughs> but there's a couple. All right. So I'll start with my 20th. Sheffield United. Like I you said, they that. lost their best striker, man, to, for $17 million to Marseille. Ilman and in, Diaye. I think Sander Burge is about to go to Burnley. And so, so their best I, I think that's going to hurt them. I think yeah. they finish bottom. 19th, Bournemouth. Same. You know, they fired Gary O'Neill. They brought in I almost um, the 20th. Anthony Riaola. Yeah. Um, I will admit, he did really great for Rio Vallecano in La Liga. Last mm-hmm. season, finishing 11th, and he gained them promotion in 2021. Um, they bought Justin Clivert. Could yeah, be a good signing. Pretty big signing. 
So, but I, I don't think it's enough. I think they go down. Yeah. And the other team I have going down is Wolves. So that's where we defer greatly because I have <laughs> Luptigi. He's leaving. Club's a mess. They're not promising what they said they were going to give him. I think he walks away and they just crash and burn. Lost okay. Ruben Neves. Which is sad because I, I know they have some fantastic players on yeah, that they payroll. Really do. Yeah. Up to 17th, I have Luton surviving. Pulling in Everton. <laughs> my bold prediction. And then 16th, Everton. Sean Dyche, I think, gets a few more points, keeps them alive. I have 15th, Burnley. Okay. Surviving fairly comfortably. I don't think they'll do as good as you predict, but I think they'll be all right. I think they'll beat all those teams below them, get some points off teams above them, and I think they'll finish right there, 15th. Okay. 14th, I have Forrest. Okay. I think all those signings are starting to mesh. Brennan Johnson looks like a player. Morgan Gibbs-White looks like a player, and I think they'll they'll do all right. Surviving comfortably. 13th, I have Fulham. So a little bit of a drop-off from last year. I don't, you know, it looks like Mitrovic won't be there, which they're going to miss his goals. He was definitely mm-hmm. their biggest goal threat. They and lost Manor. They don't Manor. get Manor Solomon back either. Nope, so. he, he went to Spurs. Big goals. Scored some big goals off the bench, yep. So I think they have a drop-off from last year. And 12th, I have West Ham. Okay. David Moyes gets fired partway through the season. They get that new manager bounce. They start climbing up the table. (laughs) Not that new European trophy bounce, huh? Not that new European trophy bounce, no. (laughs) And 11th, I have Brentford. I think they do a little worse off this season without Ivan Toney for the first half of the year. I think they'll miss his goals, so they do not finish as high as they did last year. In 10th, I have Crystal Palace. Ooh, flying high on Palace this season, huh? I am, man. You saw how they performed the end of last season when they brought in Roy Hodgson and Eze went off. If they can keep a hold of Michael Elise, man, they got quite the attack. And if they add a Florian Balogun, they'll be looking scary. Yeah, they will. All right. Then in ninth, I have Spurs, or not Spurs, Brighton. I have Brighton in ninth. I think, again, a little bit of a drop-off. But the European football, you know, I know Ferguson, we're flying high on him, but he did have his injury issues. Yeah. If they lose Caicedo, I think they could be hurt, and he's just a class player to try to replace. Replace, I don't know if you can do that in his, you know, with the little time they have left. So that's why I have them finishing just a little lower. But I do agree, Deserby's a good coach, and they may do good in their European competition. In eighth, I have Spurs. Okay, so not terribly different from me. No, no, it's not. I think Postacoglu's got to get used to the Prem. I think it's honestly worse if they lose Harry Kane. If they can keep a hold of him and his 20-some-odd goals he'll score every season, that'll help. But I, I think James Madison also looks like a great player to help Harry Kane in that creative role. Mm. But they need Son and Kulisewski to score some goals. They struggled last year with that, but I know Son is a class player, and I think he'll 
they'll get a few, but I still think they'll struggle, like you said, defensively. Letting angles. In seventh, I have Aston Villa, which is, I believe, where they finished last last season, or they may have finished in sixth. I think they finished seventh, yeah. I think it was seventh, yeah. But again, they have some great signings. I could be wrong on them. They could be, you know, one of those ones that upsets all the supposed big teams with their fantastic signings. In sixth, I have Newcastle. Okay. So again, they're going to fall off as well. I do. I do think they're going to fall off as well. I don't think those players can perform quite to the standards that they had last year. You know, we, we talked about Callum Wilson had his best season goal season ever. I don't think he can do that again. I think, you know, Karen Trippier is over 30. Nick Pope's, I think 31, 32, somewhere in 32. So they haven't looked at that left back issue. I know they still got dunk. I thought they would have gone after someone. Still got time. They still they still got time. All these could change. I mean, watch them go sign Killian Mbappe, and then I'll be changing my <laughs> <laughs> my order. Or Kieran Tierney. There you go. But I do think there'll be a drop off, like you said, with Champions League squad depth, things like that. And then in fifth, I have Liverpool. So again, same spot. So we have that one as the same. (laughs) I think Liverpool's issue is going to be squad depth. Yeah. I think their first, their starting team, their first 11 looks real good. But there's not a lot of depth there. No. And so that's where I think will hurt them. And they could miss out on Champions League. Again. Unless they win. Unless they win the Europa League. They Which can. they could, you know. <laughs> Very well could. But then in it's fourth. Depth, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a squad depth, I told, like I say. Yeah. In fourth, I have Chelsea. Just they barely good. speaking into that top four, huh? Yep. They're looking good in preseason. Nico Jackson looks like a player. Enzo's a fantastic player. They they got good players. We'll see how they play as a team. Yes. That is the big so thing. So that's, that's what we'll see. And I think Potts will get that out of them. In third, I have Manchester United. Okay. Safe bet there. You know, they got a good team. Marcus Rashford, they got Hoyland. I think he'll do okay. I, like you said, he's not the guy to – he's not going to be hauling, scoring 30, 30 goals. Yeah. But they have a solid midfield in Casemiro, Bruno Fernandes, Mason Mount, Anthony chipping in with a goal. I think, if, man, if he can get the best out of Sancho, that would be huge for Manchester United. Their starting defense does look very good with Martinez, Varane, Luke Shaw, um, Onana. Onana looks yeah, like a good Onana. keeper. I know he had a couple of rough goals here. <laughs> which, you know, I know everyone was talking high on Onana, but I know he has a he has a mistake in him. Yes, he does. But I think Man United will be very good. In second, I also have Manchester City. <laughs> Which means I have Arsenal finishing first. Which means you predicted the same thing last season. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I'm not going to disagree with you, my friend. I picked the same thing. Honestly, I picked it more out. I don't want Manchester City to win four titles in a row, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I don't either, but I also think that Arsenal have closed the gap and Manchester City have 
become, I don't want to say worse of a team than last year, but they're definitely not as good. They've lost significant players. Yes. But, I mean, they could go out and buy someone to replace Marez that is fantastic. So we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest they've been linked to is one Kiro Matoma. So. Yeah, they've been linked with Michael Elise as well. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it. those are our Premier League tables. Let us know, guys. Are we crazy? I have Luton Town surviving. <laughs> we have Chelsea finishing in top four. Villa yeah. finishing in top four. Yeah. Wild, wild stuff. in Europa Conference League. <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild stuff. Yeah. And we did want to shout out a couple of games coming up this weekend that we think are worth a watch. We have the German DFL Super Cup, Bayern Munich against RB Leipzig. Big games in the Premier League, Aston Villa against Newcastle, Spurs against Brentford, and of course Liverpool versus Chelsea, which is a big game on paper, but has been pretty boring the past few few times. And this will be a lot more entertaining, yeah. Yes, let's hope. And a big game in La Liga, Sevilla take on Valencia. Usually heavyweights in La Liga. I know last year Valencia were not, but Sevilla won the Europa League. So They did. And you never but know that which is... Sevilla team is going to show up. You don't. Is it Europa League Sevilla? Because <laughs> <laughs> that team is good. <laughs> yeah. Our first half of the season, Sevilla. Battling relegation right with yeah. Valencia. But that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, get in on the action. Tell us what you think on our Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you check out our TikTok videos. Redbeard here did a fun one on PSG's recent transfer, so you'll have to check that out. Make sure to check out our Redbubble. Get this beautiful mug so we can cheers you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you.